Welcome to another episode of Petty's Pod. We got another Premier League podcast to do this week. We haven't done one in about a month because the Premier League has been on hold because of the passing away of the Queen, which is very sad in England. Um, but yeah, we haven't done one in a month. We're back. It was a really exciting weekend, great weekend to talk about it. Uh, we had a North London Derby, we had the Manchester Derby, and then a lot more to be said about Chelsea and Liverpool after this weekend. So we will unpack that again. Will Franzen coming on the pod as usual for the Premier League. Um, it's going to be really fun, lots to unpack here. So hope you stay tuned in and let's get right to it. All right, welcome back into the studio for another Premier League podcast. We got Will on call as usual for the Prem. Will, what's going on? What's going on, man? Thanks for having me. Um, so we haven't done a Prem pod in at least a month because that's when the last Premier League game was. Will, Will and I agreed to do a 10-second moment of silence for the Queen here on Petty's pod. Will, uh, are you are you ready? Yep. All right, we're back. We haven't done a a podcast for a while, so the queen the queen the the queen died since the last podcast. If you didn't know, but uh, we're doing a European podcast, we're doing a Premier League podcast. That felt like it was the right thing to do. So we're back on track, though. A lot of stuff has happened. Actually, our our team Chelsea kind of fell apart for the last month. Um, that's actually shocking. But uh, let's get into this weekend's games real quick. Will um, we'll start off with the big one, Manchester Derby. Uh, we got Man City. First Man United, 6-3 was the final score in this one. City was at home. United fans weren't even present in the second half. So, Will, what would you make of this game? Yeah, um, very entertaining game to watch, obviously, especially in the first half. Um, I mean, what conclusions can you really draw other than that Holland is a freak and he's probably going to break every conceivable record there is in the Premier League this season? Um a couple of late goals from Martial, but like six three looks a lot better uh, on the on the score sheet. So maybe that will like help United's morale a little. But they got absolutely cooked. I think it was four 0 in the first half. Holland hat trick, Foden hat trick as well. And this looks like the best City team that Pep has ever had. To be honest, um, I know the Centurions. They're probably not going to hit a hundred points this season due to the you know, relative competition this year, but this team looks really scary, and um, I think they should be aiming for the trouble. You talk about the the competition, Will. They haven't uh, played any of the big teams yet, really, other than, like, United, but do you think there is, of Arsenal, of Tottenham, Chelsea, um, of these teams, Liverpool even, do you think there is a team that can, you know, surprise them in, in a big game, or do you think they just keep rolling from here after dropping a few points early on in the season? Um, and this went out. I mean, I think City are going to run away with it in the end. Obviously, Arsenal looks like the second-best team in the league right now, but I think between Arsenal, Spurs, Chelsea, and maybe even Liverpool, if they can find themselves again, um, and United, of course, too. I think all those are kind of on the same tier right now. Um, and, like, that can finish. That'll finish however it finishes, but... Like I said, I think City are going to run away with it in the end. Yeah, I think the the De Bruyne Holland connection is proving to not be fair. The F- Foden is coming into himself, which we've wanted to see for the last couple of years. Um, he's been working towards that point, just getting better and better every year in this year. 
he's almost at his full potential. I think I think there's still more for him to go. Uh, but 6-3 in this game. Let's talk about United for a second, Will. And I came out of this game thinking that this game showed me nothing about United. Um, I don't criticize them at all, even though you know there was some positional mistakes on some of the goals. But do you think that United has to hang their heads after this game, or do you think we just played the best team in the world? We go again next weekend. I mean, I think there's definitely a little bit of both. Um, they, had, they had four wins on the bounce coming into the game. Maybe they were getting a little ahead of themselves, whatever. Um, definitely a needed humbling for United fans. Um, but, I mean, th- their front line yesterday was really flat, really stagnant. Anthony scored a goal, but they didn't look threatening at all. Um, the midfield looked really poor as well. I'm surprised Ten Hag hasn't started Casemiro yet in a Premier League game. Um, you know, some questionable decisions, too, with leaving Ronaldo out, starting an unfit Rashford, but um, I mean, overall, I think it's a game United. They just kind of have to forget um, and keep on the good form that they had before this game. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Another thing I want yeah. to say about City was I thought Grealish looked really good. He didn't score yesterday, but in the first uh, half he was really good. That was one of the best games I've seen from him in a City shirt. He was and disappointed to come about. off as well. Yeah, exactly. Um, so good for him. But yeah, that that first half from him was really good. He was really torching uh, the left side left side of the field um, against Dallow. But let's move into another topic that came out of this game. Cristiano Ronaldo will we got to talk about it? He was on the verge of coming to multiple places over the course of the summer. Um, United didn't let him go, and other teams didn't want to pay his wages. So, do you think that was a mistake from United not trying to push him out, or do you think that he's still a valuable asset to this team, even though he is a, a super sub at this point? Well, uh, I mean, I sympathize with him for sure because he wanted to leave. Um, Ten Hag said he was going to be in his plans, and he hasn't really started any games or had any significant contribution in the Premier League this year. Um, And he's kind of just rotting away on the bench. I'm not saying he deserves to start because Rashford has been really good, but I think it's unfair to have kept him this summer. And this notion that he had nowhere to go, um, like... Like, I don't really believe that to be true. Like, maybe some of the top clubs in the world didn't want him. He didn't fit their system, but he definitely would have found a place if United were, were willing to let him go. Yeah. And it's, it's just sad to see such a legend of the game. Um, yeah, just not, he didn't even get subbed in yesterday. And I know Ten Hag said that was, um, like, to honor him or whatever. That was, but, I, I, in my opinion, that was a really dumb comment, and... And that's my other question. Do you think that he could have been subbed in yesterday? I mean, I mean, Ten Hag has a point, to be fair. Like, what is he going to do down 6-1? But it's just like, in general, all year, he's kind of... I, it's kind of awkward, I think, with the young players. And obviously, Ronaldo wants to play, but he has to be kind of a father figure to the younger players. So it's an awkward situation, and I wouldn't be surprised if he does leave in January. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And what he said about Ten Hag, I, I, I disagree with uh, what Ten Hag said yesterday. I think that, of course, you could have brought him on at any point. Uh, he's good for a goal, um, even down that much. you know Maybe he rallies the team and you kind of come back a little bit. Obviously, you're not coming back against City down that much. But Yeah, but let me ask you this. Do you yeah. prefer Marci- Martial or Ronaldo at this moment? I'm always going to prefer Ronaldo, especially with more... Uh, 
especially with more talent and more creativity from the wings. Uh, Sancho's got confidence. Anthony coming in. Rashford getting back to form too. Maybe he can jump in there. Um, same with Bruno Fernandez, and of course Casemiro will, will play now after a bad performance from McTominay. The only reason he was in was because he had a run of good games. But of course, I prefer Ronaldo. Yeah, yeah, I understand that. I mean, Rashford has definitely proved to me that he should be in that starting lineup. But um, personally, I would take Martial ahead of Ronaldo at this point, um, based on when he's fit, at least. And here's the thing, Will. I think the most the the biggest thing for me as well with the Ronaldo stuff is not the fact that he didn't get subbed in, but he brought Martial, who plays his position, in ahead of him. We haven't seen Martial for a while. We've seen Rashford on form. I agree with Will on that. Rashford's on a different level right now um, than he's been in the past. But I, another thing was that he brought Martial into the game ahead of Ronaldo. So it's telling him that Ronaldo's you know third string striker at the moment. Yeah, well, maybe maybe what he said was true. Maybe he didn't want to tarnish his reputation and sub a 38-year-old on when he's down 6-1. I mean, maybe that's true. Um, but like I said, even if he did sub him on because he's ahead of him and, you know, their depth, like, I agree with that. I think Martial is a, is a really good player and deserves game time. Yeah, yeah. So I've been thinking about it a lot. Last thing with the United game. Um, I've been thinking about it a lot in the summer, uh, and actually contributed to one of the decisions to fire Thomas Tuchel was Ronaldo's uh, decision to come to Chelsea that was overruled by Tuchel. Really, um, how first of all, how close do you think that was, Will, as Chelsea fans, and would you have taken him at Chelsea? Well, I think the owner definitely wanted Ronaldo. There's been a ton of stories on that. Um, you know, we've been looking at a striker. There's rumors on that we signed in Kung and Kunku for next year. Um, so that's exciting. But I really don't see Ronaldo solving any of Chelsea's current problems. Because it's not like we... For Ronaldo to succeed at this point in his career, you kind of need to put opportunities for him on a silver platter. Like, he would fit in at City, I think, because... You know, Holland doesn't really touch the ball that much, but he finishes chances. Ronaldo needs to play in that kind of system, and that's not Chelsea. Yeah. Um, that's the owner impressive. obviously wanted him, but I think that was a good decision from Tuchel. What about you? Yeah, I agree with that, actually. Um, I disagree with you before, but that's a good point, that Chelsea don't, don't create chances. They kind of get individual goals most of the time, like we saw against Crystal Palace this weekend. We'll talk about that later. Gallagher, a bombing moment of brilliance. But, uh, yeah, I, I agree with that, Will. That's a good take. But So moving on from that game, um, we'll go into the other big game of the weekend. Six thirty kickoff on Saturday it was an early day for us, but uh, Tottenham v Arsenal. Arsenal win three one at home in the North London Derby. Will, what was your overall thoughts on this game? Yeah, uh, after the United game, even though they lost, I thought Arsenal looked really good, and I said they could go toe to toe with any team in the league, and that proved to be true. They were at home really good atmosphere at the Emirates and they they really dominated Spurs. I mean Spurs did did play pretty well for how Conte wants to play, I would say. They just couldn't really find that final path or um finish their chances, especially in the first half. But I mean Arsenal played exactly how they wanted to, moving the ball, creating chances. They scored some great goals. Um I mean Hurts to say he's a Chelsea fan, but they look really, really good. Definitely the second best team in the league at the moment. And and that's crazy, and that's going to lead me into my first question about this game. Um, we just finished talking about Man City. Arsenal are still in first. I'm pretty sure, what is it, 18-21 in points right now? 
City's ahead by one. Arsenal's ahead by one, yeah. So Arsenal's still in first place, still winning the league right now. And I think that's that's crazy to think about. When you think about City's probably the best team in the world right now, maybe other than Real Madrid. But do you think, Will, especially when they play each other, do you think Arsenal has a realistic chance of finishing in that top two? Or do you think that, you know, Man City run away with it? And especially, do you think Arsenal could actually win the title? Well, I mean, I think... I think it would be catastrophic if City didn't win the title. Um, But I do think Arsenal, right now, in the form they are, should be aiming as high as second. What I will say, though, is, I know I've said this to you before, off the pod, but um, Arsenal start the same 11 every game, it seems, with the the same back four, same midfield, same front three. And so, over the course of a season, especially playing in Europe as well, and the World Cup coming up. If a couple guys or a few guys pick up injuries, like they have a few injury-prone players in their team, then that could really disrupt the rhythm in that team, I think, because they have depth at a few places, but like in the midfield, um, on the right wing, like even at striker, they're not that deep. And so that could definitely be a problem over the course of the season, as I said. But as far as their starting 11, they could go toe-to-toe with anyone and even man city on a good day i would say yeah i completely agree and I, and that's where i think that they don't really have a shot like will said but i think that especially that's where they could get caught by the other big six um excluding man city we know they're good but chelsea liverpool even united a little bit um not as much though tottenham they all have insane depth um so i think that's where they could get caught but moving on to what I just talked about, Tottenham. What do you think this tells us about Tottenham, Will? And you mentioned a little bit of Conte style getting getting played well here, but there's a lot of talking points here, especially with another star player, Hyunming Son. Yeah, I mean, when you watch them play, you kind of think, like, is this really the team that was supposed to be, you know, taking leaps this year and um, competing at the top table? But that's how Conte wants to play. Like, he doesn't play possession, like, thrilling football, like, like uh, Arsenal or City do. And so, like, even though they're kind of out of games at some points, they're never really out of it because they can always hit you on the counter. And they could have scored more goals at the Emirates this weekend. Um, and they've kind of been playing like this all season. Like, take it back to the Chelsea game. Like, Chelsea dominated them all game, and they still came away with a draw um, just from countering that game. So, um, they, have, they have a few a few players out of form, like they're right back. I know Son has been kind of inconsistent, but even Kane a little bit. No, Kane's been good, actually, but um, yeah. It doesn't seem like this team has too high of a ceiling, to be honest. But, I mean, they're playing how Conte wants them to. So, yeah, that's that. Yeah. I, what do you think about Spurs? Uh, I kind of agree with what you talked about there. I think their biggest problem right now, and it's I feel like it's disrespectful because Son is one of my favorite players. I think the Ricarlis and Son debate is getting a little out of hand right now. Uh, people are taking this serious as like a real debate. Um, it's it's out of hand. It's out of pocket because Son scored, comes in, scores a hat trick in 20 minutes against Leicester last time we saw a Premier League uh, weekend. But again... Son is one of the best players in the league, and I think that Conte is not utilizing him well enough. He's making him cut inside a lot more. 
um, than we've seen in the past when he should be operating from that wing position and cutting in with runs, not cutting in with the ball. So I think he's using it more as like a left forward, which I don't think he he's good at. But like Will said, he's been inconsistent because of his run of run of non game time. Um, so I think that that's a little disrespectful by Conte, and I think this the Spurs team, if they're not careful, will I think they could fall off really quickly. All right, we're back. We just had a little mic issue. If there's a bad audio um, or something gets cut out or something like that, uh, I will uh, try to fix that. But if if you do hear some of that, uh, that is my fault. Mic cut out. Yeah, but mic cut out. We're back though. We talked about everything. Um, a couple games left to talk about this weekend. Starting off with Liverpool and Brighton wasn't wasn't as hyped as the first two games we just talked about, but it ended up being one of the best games of the weekend. 3-3 at Anfield. Brighton was up 2-0. Liverpool came back 3-2, and it ended 3-3. But Trossard and Pascal Gross are two very grossing players in the Premier League right now. They're going up the ranks in top players. So let's get into it, Will. Two questions. Do you think Brighton is legit, and do you think Liverpool could be done for the season? First of all, I want to say that was a good joke. Um, Second of all, I want to say... Uh, Liverpool are in absolute shambles. I've said this before, but um, like, and I believe Liverpool can bounce back. Uh, I just want to say that, like, they have Jurgen Klopp at the helm, who is one of the best managers in the world. But their midfield just looks really old and slow. And to me, the midfield is where they're losing their games because they're just being countered and having teams run straight at their center backs, um, like multiple times each game but Henderson and Fabinho and Thiago like they all just look really slow um I'm surprised Archer hasn't started more games for them or gotten like in some fresh legs or something but um if they don't do something about their midfield then it's gonna be a long season for them and credit to Brighton as well especially Leandro Trossard Uh, he's also one of the most underrated players in the Premier League so yeah, I, yeah, I agree. I think Brighton, especially losing Kukurea, losing Basuma, losing their manager, uh, a lot of key parts there. They have really, yeah, they are they're they're exceeding expectations by far. Um, they could be a West Ham or a Leicester of this year. Um, but move. It feels like they start every season like this though. They have great running games and and they kind of fall to mid table. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um. But yeah, Brighton, they're good. They're a team to be to be reckoned with when you see them on your schedule. But talking about Liverpool, we've talked about individual players in the past games. And I want to start off, Will, with this whole past week, I've been seeing videos after the uh, international break with England. Trent Alexander-Arnold, before we get into Liverpool's performance and whole team, really. Trent Alexander-Arnold, he, does, he seems to be kind of depressed right now, Will, after being dropped by Southgate on... Um, he doesn't look interested in games. There's videos of him like seeing his FIFA rating, and he doesn't look interested at all. Uh, so do you think he's 23 years of age? He's already a Liverpool legend um, at 23, one of the most decorated players in the Prem right now. Do you think that he could be done, Will? Do you think he should be dropped? or What are your opinions on Trent right now? No, I mean, Trent, I've, I've always been a big fan of Trent, even though I prefer Reese James at the moment, but... Um, he's one of the most unique players I've ever seen, and he still is one of the most unique players I've ever seen. People have gotten on him for his defending again and again, rightfully so, but 
I think I saw I saw Gary Neville talking about this. He said this is a very important juncture in Trent's career because either either he can choose to fix his defending, um, just become more aware defensively and track back more often, become more engaged, or he can choose to keep doing as he's doing and you know that'll get him whatever comes to him. He still is young, even though he has a load of games under his belt. Um, but if he does fix the f- fix up defensively, like he could be the greatest right back the world has ever seen, and like I mean that because he has such special qualities going forward. I mean his offensive numbers are just insane as a defender, and I really like him. But uh, right now teams are going through him and exposing him on the right side again and again, and it's kind of gotten in his head, I think, where, you know, he's kind of scared defensively and um, he doesn't really play with aggression on that side of the ball, which is sad to see. So I'm rooting for him, but, um, yeah, at the moment, maybe it would be best to drop him for a couple of games and let Joe Gomez fill that slot, um, you know, while he takes time to reflect on himself. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think Will covered it really well there. For me, it's just... The defending's a problem. We know that uh, he has the, but like Will said, you know, if he fixes that, that's the only part of his game that's lacking. Uh, he has the offensive talent. We know that he has the speed, f- physical. But Will, a lot of things I've been seeing too. Uh, last thing on Trent, do you think that uh, it's been rumored, you know, a lot like through the past years, multiple times? I'm sure you've heard it. But him as a center mid in this in this system. Do you think that could be something that works out, or do you think Klopp can find another system where he isn't playing right back and more and more as a defensive right back, maybe, um, but where he's allowed to go forward without getting punished for not tracking back? Yeah, I mean, he has been tested as a midfielder before, but I think what makes him so special is when he does get time on the ball and to pick his head up, um, which you only really get as an outside back to you know whip crosses in or send absurd passes across the field that's where he really excels. Um, and so definitely not as a central mid, perhaps as like outside mid in a certain system would work. But I think right back is his position. Um, but again, I don't want to just blame Trent for Liverpool's struggles. No, no obviously. We, we'll, we'll get into that. Salah, like Van Dyke, their best players have been off in this whole season other than Allison, who's, I, who's still been brilliant, even though he's conceding goals. Um, but like even Van Dyke, I mean, some, like the intensity he brings to some games is just lacking. Like sometimes he just looks sluggish, like he doesn't want to engage in tackles and just passive. Um, so it's it seems like kind of a collective attitude problem from Trent Van Dyke. Um, Solid. Yeah, yeah. Th- those are. I mean, Salah's still working. Um, from the games I've seen, at least, and same with Luis Diaz. Um, but I mean, yeah, I, I don't really know what to say about Liverpool other than that. What do they? What do they finish? Do you think? Because and also, do you think the 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 transfer Darwin Nunez? Do you think he's been a he's he's impacted this team in a negative way, sort of? Um, because one, he's had an awful start to his Liverpool career, um, worse than a lot of strikers we've seen in the Premier League in the past. But we know that as Chelsea fans. Um, but where do you, where do you think they finish? And you think Darwin's been a negative negative impact on this team? Um, well, 
I didn't like the Darwin signing from when they first did it, and I still don't like it. But you have to be fair and give him time. Like, he hasn't started a Premier League game for, like, over a month now, um, like, before, since before suspension. So you have to be fair and give him time. But he obviously hasn't contributed anything. Um, I think they finished fifth this year, as things are looking right now. But that's just because um, the other teams that are finishing above them are also pretty solid. Like in other years, maybe they could have a dip in form and still finish top four, but not this year. I think they finished sixth. Um, I think we finished uh, fifth, Will, but uh, that's for a different podcast. Uh, (laughs) I'm not happy about that, but that's for a different podcast. And speaking of Chelsea, we saved them for last because I know there's not too many Chelsea fans that listen to this, but Let's get into it. Well, two one against Palace. Another awful performance, in my opinion. Uh, boring. Not much going forward as usual. Sterling struggled. The tactics were really confusing for me. It was one of the only soccer games I've ever watched where I really couldn't find out what formation or what what people were meant to be doing um, in that system. And that's not a criticism of Graham Potter yet, because I think after the game, you know, uh, the Robbies explained it well in the in the Premier League uh, post game match, but. Uh, I, I think we're struggling, Will, and I, I, of course I like Palace. Will knows Palace, my second favorite team, but I think we're struggling right now, Will. What's your overall take on Chelsea? Yeah, I mean, Potter was brought in for a long-term project, so like you can't rush anything. And Obviously, these players are used to playing a completely different system with Tuchel, and um, now they're asked to play more possession. Um, but I thought Chelsea were super fortunate to escape with a win, or even any points at all for that matter, because Silva could have got sent off in the first half, it could have been 2-0 then, and it would have been a completely different game away from home. I'm not going to say anything about, you know, tactics thus far, because Potter has proven to be a really good tactical manager with once he's given time with teams. Um, but what were we playing, though, this weekend, Will? Because I know you watched the game. It looked to me like a very narrow 4-2-3-1 but I don't know if that's what it was. Yeah. Um, it almost looked like a 4 2 2 2. two or like, like it, it was weird. It was like a bombing was obviously striker, um, Sterling on the wing, and then. But Sterling was on the right, which is interesting. Kind of interchanging. Yeah. Um, but like one another thing I want to say is I said Kovacic was world class. He's been far off the mark this year. I think he really gone under the radar as one of Chelsea's worst performers so far. I completely agree. Uh, when he came back um, in his first appearance back, he was bad, and I was like, maybe it's like an injury thing. You know, he's played in a while, rehab, whatever. But he he I completely agree with Will. Um, uh, we a player we won't talk about because doesn't deserve to be talked about. Jorginho. Will, I know you do, really don't like this, Jorginho. He he needs to retire. Uh, <laughs> I like him. No, no. I no, no. I I've said I like him. You know what you say about Ziyech and how he's a disgrace to the t- club? I would say that about Jorginho right now. No, no, no. That's disrespectful. There's um, so many things that other players get blamed for where he's at fault. No, I I that could be true. Obviously, he's really bad defensively in transition. But um, I was at the Chelsea game about a month ago, and seeing him in person, he really just like dictates the tempo of the team, and he's a, he's a leader on on the pitch, and he gets on the ball a lot. So I think he's overhated 
he's obviously not a long-term solution to our midfield problems, but it, I don't think you can blame Jorginho because he's always been this type of player. Like, even when we've won things and he's played, and he's played an important part of our team. Um, so if you're going to look to blame someone, I would look elsewhere, like Kovacic or uh, uh, maybe our left backs or, you know, Mount. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, I mean, you know, the the last thing with Chelsea though really will is is the is the front three question. And we've talked about it before on this podcast and Tuchel was there when we talked about it earlier, but we now got we have a new manager. We know a lot more about these players um after so many games this season so far. What do you think is our best front three? And also do you think Aubameyang has a chance to break the number 9 curse? I mean, I hope so. From what I've seen so far, I've been kind of iffy on Aubameyang. Obviously, a great finish on the weekend. But one thing I want to see is Howard's as a 10 because he's never really gotten a string, string of games at the 10 in a Chelsea shirt. So, so do you think Mount should move, be moved to where Havertz was positionally um, on Saturday? And do you think Havertz should go back into the... Because if we're playing a four-two-three-one, Mount was the can. Yes, or you drop Mount. And put Pulisic on the wing? Yeah. Yeah. Or, yeah, Pulisic on the wing. Yeah, exactly. Because, I mean, like, I know, I know, like, it's it's more than goals, goals and assists, but he has none this whole season in the Premier League through eight games. And, like, he doesn't really look... I mean, he looks like he wants to be there, but he doesn't look like like a starting can for Chelsea at the moment. And I have faith in him that he'll find his form from like last year and year before that. But I think Howard should play as a ten because he played there for Germany and he looked really good. Yeah, and I and also I think Mount. Um, but speaking about recent times, I think Mount after being dropped for games, I think he comes back and and he's the back to back player of the season. So hungry like he was dropped for england and he came in and scored like he definitely has that dog in him if you know what i'm saying like he has that he's hungry but like it's like at some point like you need production and you're not getting that at the moment yeah i agree um but the thing i i disagree with you on a bombing i think he's really good but we won't talk about chelsea for any longer that is going to wrap it up for this uh this episode of the Prem Pod on Petty's Pod. Will, thanks for coming on uh, once again. We'll see you next week, hopefully. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's been good. Uh, next podcast, Wednesday, of course. We got NFL Pick'em once again, week five. Lots to talk about there. But uh, that's going to wrap it up for this episode. Thank you for listening. <laughs>